It's a very good morning, everyone. It is Monday, August 22. Getting towards the end of winter. Can smell the finals in the footy codes. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And what a final day of the home and away season in the AFL yesterday. It was drama all afternoon. And in the end, the Swans have finished third. And uh, they were a bit unconvincing. Got the job done against St Kilda last night. But they have an epic semi-final against the Premiers Melbourne at the MCG Friday week. Remember, they got the week off before the finals in the NRL yesterday. As I say, a very good morning to you, Loz. At halftime, the Raiders season was just about done and dusted. And then you got to give them credit. They've fought back and won 28-22. And all of a sudden, with Brisbane seemingly combusting as they draw towards the end of the season, the Raiders really in with a shot now. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Mino. Morning, Clarkey. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great performance by the Raiders, but all they had to do was win to keep their season alive, and they did that. Uh, they play Manly and the Tigers in the remaining two games, so you'd like to think they'll win those games. And then they're relying on one of the other teams that are currently on 28 points to, to lose. You know, I can't see the Roosters losing their two games. Then you've got South and... The Broncos under a bit of pressure as well. So, look, the Raiders, um, you know, first half wasn't great, but they knuckled down to the second half. They got the job done. They move on. Uh, but there was some terrific football played on the weekend. Geez, the heavyweights really put their foot down, the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. They had massive victories over the Broncos, respectively, and the Tigers. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they just played so dominant. And they were on the front foot. They did everything right. They did everything at speed. And they, uh, you know, you'd say they, they were back. They're back in terms of a chance of making the grand final and possibly winning it against the Penrith outfit. We saw the Sharks just destroy Manly. <laughs> Manly, I think their season's uh, put the cue away. Um, Parramatta hit back, obviously, against the Bulldogs. Um, but, yeah, things are happening nicely uh, in the rugby league uh, world. And teams, I think, are a little bit more optimistic they might be able to challenge Penrith, whereas probably five weeks mm. ago they probably thought that, yeah, they're still a hope. Well, we definitely thought they were still a hope, but we thought that Penrith just, it was theirs for the taking. But, you know, a few little injuries and suspensions for Penrith have put a little doubt um, next to them. But when they get Cleary and Luai and Fisher-Harris back, I'm sure they won't lose nothing. Super Saturday, not so super. 42-6, to six, Eels over the Bulldogs. As Loz mentioned, the Sharks 40-6 to six over Manly. And Clarkie, morning to you, mate. The Wests Tigers Ouch. beaten 72-6 to six mm. by morning, the Roosters. Boys. Morning, boys. Um, morning. Oh, dear. Horrible. I think that's our worst defeat ever. Um, yeah, oh, just tops our season off, doesn't it? Um, you know, embarrassing. Like that's disgraceful. That yeah, is embarrassing. Disgraceful. Yeah, I don't. Um, oh. I, I, you can't even imagine what the players are thinking. And, and I tried to watch um, Brett Kamali in the press conference after the game, but really, he was lost for words. He, he tried to support the players as much as he could, but in that situation, unfortunately, you can't. So, mate, embarrassing is the right word. Um, where do they go from here? You know what? What do you do? Drop the whole team? Like it was? It was horrendous. Mm. So, yeah, not a uh, not a good weekend for any Tigers fans. That's for sure. 
And already on the text line, Josh from Padstow. Hi, boys. My heroes today are all the dart players that went down to Wollongong with uh, Johnny Clayton winning. Great night. My villain is the West Tigers. I'm so close to giving up on my team. If they don't sign Hastings and Adam Dewey, they will lose me. Uh, Thanks, Josh from Padstow, sending that one through. But uh, if you look at someone, particularly Dewey, who could attract interest elsewhere. Well, they're already talking about the Melbourne Storm. Um, possibly making a play for Adam Dewey if they lose Cameron Munster. Um, and he's arguably their best player. So they've got a big job in front of them, Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. But we know that you know teams can turn it around. They can turn it around very quickly if you recruit the right players and you get that mixture of experienced players and, and good young players coming through. But look, what we saw on the weekend was a team that just has decided that their season's already over. But they've got another two games to go. The Roosters played some good football, by the way. Uh, and they're building momentum at the right time. And, geez, it sets itself up for a cracking game down there in Melbourne on Friday night at Amy Park when they take on the Melbourne Storm. I mean, I said on the program last week, you look at the strike in the Roosters' back line, I don't think anyone would have more strike than what the Roosters have. And they've got a hard-working forward pack. They've still got Collins and Takiaho to come back into that team. Um, and I think they're a really good price, to be fair, mm. this weekend against the Melbourne Storm. I know Melbourne were impressive and Munster and Hughes and um, you know, Harry Grant was sensational. But uh, uh, you know, the Roosters are building momentum at the right time of the year. And I think they're as good as any other team that can challenge Penrith this season. And all of a sudden, Para are back up to fifth after GD. <laughs> They are just impossible to follow Parramatta. See how Parramatta go the next two weeks. Big game against Brisbane Thursday night. I mean, Brisbane, they're falling off a cliff, Loz. What's going on there? Brisbane were ordinary the other night. I know Melbourne were very good. And again, this is another game. I don't know whether the market's got this right. They're $1.90 apiece. Parramatta and Brisbane. I would have thought Parramatta would be favourites. But obviously playing back up there at Suncorp Stadium, um, people think that the Broncos will will hit back. But from what I saw the other night, that was a putrid performance. Just a twist in for Para. They're now just slight favourites. $1.80 Brisbane, yeah, $2. I was going to say because Money last night it was a do- Yeah, they'll be yeah. coming for Para. I couldn't believe it last night when it was $1.90. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right there. I think the punters will steam into the Eels heading towards that game on Thursday night and then yeah, the big one Friday night. The Storm at $1.55. The Roosters $2.45. And I mentioned at the top of the show uh, yesterday, I've got to say I-, I watched quite a lot of the AFL Loz. It was enthralling all afternoon because the Western Bulldogs did their thing and snuck into eighth. Carlton have been in the eight all season. I mean, if, if you don't follow that much of the AFL, Carlton are a tortured club like Essendon at the moment. They haven't made the final since 2013. They, they have been in the eight the entire season. They've lost the last four games. The last two weeks, they've lost in tragic circumstances, beaten with 10 seconds left against Melbourne last week. And then they've They've led by 25 points in the mm. final quarter against Collingwood yesterday and been beaten by a point. Basically, it's been two seasons for Carlton. They started the year off 8-2. and two. So their first 10 games, they'd won eight. So their remaining 12 games, they've only won four. And it doesn't matter whether you lose by a point. doesn't matter whether you lose by five points, 20 points, 30 points. Four from your remaining 12 games, when you've set your season up, is a disappointing year. And I know they've come a long way under Michael Voss. But again, they should have been playing finals football this year. And it was a cracking game in front of close to 90,000 people at the MCG. I was flicking it over. 
during the day and watching it. And I, I saw a little bit of the third quarter because it must have been half time in the in the league. And Collingwood were behind and Carlton had kicked third, mm. in the third quarter. I think they kicked four or five goals straight. And they looked as though they were on the run. And then I turned it over towards the back end of the game and Collingwood found themselves in front and they hung on. Uh, so it must have been a remarkable game, and all reports are it was a remarkable game. But they, they set their season up, Carlton. They've got no one else to blame but themselves. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's going to be... I think Jeff, who calls in, I think he's a Carlton man, isn't mm. he? So, he, yeah, that's going to be... That's going to take them a few stiff drinks to get over that one, no doubt about that. But uh, it's set up for the finals now in the AFL after that week off. And as I mentioned, the Swans, they take on Melbourne 2v3 at the MCG Friday week. The winner of that has a home preliminary final. And the loser, though, gets the double chance. Jeez, I'll tell you what, Melbourne were very impressive against the oh, Lions. Well, the Lions ruined it for the Swans. <laughs> to lose by 10 goals at home when you're playing for a top four spot, and that's what's propelled Melbourne to second yeah. ahead of the Swans, is that big win, and they're, they're ahead of the Swans on percentage. So that's a massive blow. Yeah, a big blow. But the Swans beat Melbourne earlier in the year mm. down there at the MCG against the Demons. Now, you could argue that Melbourne are playing better football. Um, than what they were. But, you know, the Swans still go down there with a chance. Do you like the week off for everyone before the finals? Yeah, It's ridiculous. I think they've got to have a week off. I think you're nearly better off to have it before the grand final. Totally agree. And give the grand final teams the opportunity to build up Mm. and and to recover and and rest Mm. and possibly get a better game and have the best players available. Rather than... This just evens it up a a lot, I reckon. Nah, you're right. Have the week off before the GF, build it up big time. Mm. And, you know, especially now with the stand-down concussion rule as yeah. well. Yeah, you're going to see players miss the grand final so because of So is Tom Papley available for the Swans? Well, you'd think so because it's 12 days, isn't it? It is 12 days. So when, when are they playing? Friday week. Oh, hang on. So that's, that'll be right on 12 days. So is it? Well, that, I suppose the concussion happened at what... Five o'clock in the afternoon, the game's 7.50 yeah, Friday probably. week. So he gets in by two hours. Two hours, yeah. There you go. Because that, that, that would have been a big loss if he didn't play. Oh, he's, he's gun for the Swans. Yeah, yeah, he is a very, very mm. good player. Isaac Heaney, oh, good player. Oh, they've got good players all around the paddock, the Swans. But again, they thought they'd be a bit better yesterday against St Kilda. But again, you just make the finals, get in there, have the week off, get yourself... Right to go. We've seen it before with the Western Bulldogs. I think they've won it and fin- played in the grand final of Bulldogs uh, from outside the top mm. four. So it's possible. Yeah, no, it is possible. No doubt about that. Good scene seeing uh, uh, Josh Kennedy as well, cheering off Dan Hennebury, his old premiership winning teammate there, uh, who's retiring there after a disappointing few years at St Kilda. Just hasn't been able to get his body right, but uh, certainly a great contributor for the Swans, Dan Hennebury. And the Swans are featuring the back pages of the papers today. A double dose of the blood is the headline at the back page of the telly and shaky ground on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, also on the back page of the Herald, Tigers may fight Tamo charged to get final fling. And, of course, this has uh, been uh, well documented and spoken about is uh, James Tamo having a crack at the referee, calling him expletive incompetent. He was sent off very late in the piece when they were getting smashed there, the Tigers, on Saturday night. I mean, his remorse was just about immediate. 
but he's been given a two-match ban and no contract next year. That would be a sad way to go out if that, in fact, eventuates for James Tamo. But uh, I can't see him getting a downgrade, Loz, for this. No, I, I don't think you can, Mitter. I, I think once you've said those words to an official and you've been sent from the field, the only option is for the governing body to support you and that will be to confirm that James will spend the next two weeks on the sideline. He's come a long way, Jimmy Tamu, uh, as a leader, and it was just frustration on the weekend. He owned it in the press conference. He put his hand up. He said that, you know, whatever punishment is coming his way, he'll accept. Um, I don't know whether it'll be the end of his footy career. Possibly in the NRL it will be, but over there in the English Super League, if he's prepared to go over there and play. But it's a sad way for a guy who's played over 300 games Mm. in the NRL to finish. But at the end of the day, he's done the wrong thing and you can't talk to officials like that. Also back page of the telly, Oliver Twist on loan Tiger reveals sobering gap between clubs. And this is the issue for the Tigers, Clarky. They've got these players who've left the club and two of them on loan at the moment. Luciano Leilua, who was one of their best performances, uh, performers, off to the Cowboys. Uh, obviously thriving there as they're heading towards premiership contention. Then you've got Oliver Gildart, who hasn't been able to get a, get a game for the Tigers recently, going over, enjoying himself over at the Roosters. You've got David Nofaluma falling in love with rugby league again down at Melbourne. Mm. I mean, these, these, these are awful signs for the Tigers. And that's, this yeah. is the problem. You can have your $78 million centre for, for excellence, but the vibe in the club is not attractive for you know, attracting talent at the moment. No, there's nothing good about what's happening at the Tigers at the moment. I think, you know, from start to finish, at the start of the year or three quarters of the year, the talk's been about, you know, the coach. Um, we've got past that, and then we're having our worst performance uh, in, our, in the club's history. So, yeah, there's nothing positive at all that's come from this year, you know. But, again, I think... You know, we're, they've, they've relied or, or backed Tim Sheens and, and Benji Marshall to, to get hold of the club and turn things around. Um, when does it start? You know, uh, even you know, I, I've actually felt sorry for Brett Kamali the, the other day. Just listened to him in the press conference. He he doesn't know where he sits. He doesn't know what to say. Um, unfortunately, you know, you, you, and we've said it a million times, you can have 40 different coaches. It, it, it comes down to the players. The performances have been horrible the entire season. Um, and the problem is we're not getting better. I think that's going to be, you know, all the fans concerned that no matter what we seem to be doing at the moment, we're getting worse, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the papers, back page of the Herald, more stars set to follow Warner on BBL return. So it's official, Pup. David Warner's signed with the Sydney Thunder. Two-year deal in the Big Bash. Cricket Australia now has to make a call on whether to overturn his leadership ban. They're going to be forced into this because Warner wants to have an open or an honest conversation with the board. Pat Cummins has once again backed David Warner's return to to leadership recently, something you've been uh, pretty vocal about as well. And, uh, well, it'll be fascinating to see how Cricket Australia handles this. Yeah, look, uh, my opinion hasn't changed. I think if if it's okay for Steve Smith to be back in a leadership role, then to me it's okay for David Warner and Cameron Bancroft. Um, You know, the three of them have uh, done their time. Um, We've forgiven them. And, you know, to me, whatever the rule is, whichever way you go, it needs to be consistent. So if they're allowing Smitty to have that leadership role, then, like I say, it should be the same for Davey Warner, in my opinion. If they don't want Davey, then they shouldn't have allowed it for Steve Smith. I don't, I don't see 
I don't see any difference here. I, re- I really don't. So, yeah, I-, I think they'll give in. I think they'll have to. I just think the the pressure of, um, you know, the-, the fact that there's different rules for different players, I think that's going to be hard for them to um, try and explain to to Davey firstly, but also to to the public. Um, and, again, they want him a part of this the BBL, BBL stuff. So seems like they'll do whatever it takes to, to make that happen and maybe him, you know, t- taking a leadership role at, Sydney Thunder is going to be a big part of that. And also on the back page of the Australian, Payne poised for first-class comeback after secret sessions with Tasmania. Uh, Tim Payne, gosh, remember him. Didn't he fall off the... Oh absolutely fall out of... Uh, out of, well, everything to do with cricket, it feels like, after that so-called sexting scandal last year. They didn't offer him a contract, though, did they? I thought Tassie declined um, a contract for him. I think a he state might be contract. right. Yes, yeah. but uh, so he must be, he must be training with them, um, with no contract. Mm. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a contract with Tassie at the moment, but he's uh, been given permission, according to this report in the Australian, to join pre-season training. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, it was an unsavoury incident for Tim Payne, but you know, Cricket Australia did investigate it two years before, oh, and he that, was only suspended yeah. when he. When it became public, yeah, so amazing. yeah, it's uh, it was you know, despite obviously the indiscretion, it was sad to see it transpire the way it did. Yeah. Um, now, overnight, Loz very elegant has run over in France, failed to beat a runner home. The Melbourne Cup winner. Repeat that for me, please. Failed to beat a runner home in a Group One in its European debut in France. Uh, it was over the two thousand metres. Uh, jumped around midnight, five minutes to midnight. And uh, the great mare, I'm just seeing with Tab, jumped uh, Frankie de Tori in the saddle, by the way. And uh, with its French trainer. Now, $3 favourite was sent out with Tab. And uh, didn't beat a runner home. So there was only a field of seven in this group one over the 2,000 metres. There was a late scratching as well. So, unfortunately, an unhappy start. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great start for her over there, Mido. I think we're all expecting her to run uh, a lot better than what she obviously has done. And the market suggested that she was going to run okay as well. But to not be to run her home, geez, that wouldn't have happened too many times in her career, would it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not Especially at all. the last couple of years. So no, that's a disappointing result for, for all connections. Um, no doubt we'll find out. Whether there was anything wrong with her, but hopefully she'll improve on, on that run, Mido, but that's disappointing. I'll tell you what was a good run. NMO. Gee, he's a good horse. He's too good. He's a good horse. I can't remember who used to text him saying he was the best colt basically the last 20 or 30 years, but uh, Godolphin have taken the punt not to send him to stud, which is great because we lament all these crack colts going to stud very early. Godolphin said, no, we want we want to race as well. And uh, that was certainly justified in the, that performance in the Wink Stakes on the weekend. Uh, so that's his fourth Group 1. So the Wink Stakes won the Rose Hill Guineas, of course, back in the autumn. The Caulfield Guineas last spring. And the Sires, after he ran second in the Golden Slipper uh, behind Stay Inside uh, back in 2021, March of 2021. He's had some very, very close seconds. You, you talk the Golden Rose, uh, when he was beaten by in the Congo. Uh, the Cox Plate, famously, of course, in that protest with State of Rest and also the Ramwick Guineas just behind Converge. 
in that one. So four group ones could have had more, but gee, there were some good runs at the race as well. We've got a great spring coming up. Fairgirl was superb from the back uh, with uh, speed against her. She's going to be, she'll be winning a group one this prep on the almost no doubt. And Profondo, um, awesome run. Wide the trip, ran third. Uh, There were some other good runs there as well. But how'd the multi go? No, good. The bear. The streaks. Ah, too much to bear. Too much to bear. Was too much to bear. Yeah, the bear let us down. Three wide. Anyway. (laughs) Who are we blaming? (laughs) I'm not blaming myself, put it that way. Yeah, no. You need a scapegoat. Yeah, you need a scapegoat.